0: hey good morning everyone and welcome back to the stacks of cash podcast jay cohen once again with me today hello hey hey. Uh, it's a little late to say happy new year (laughs) uh, jay but happy new year happy monday um we wanted to provide our you know our our pretty standards becoming more of a routine now jay our market update our stacks of cash market update and so this is the last time we got together we've seen a lot of changes in the market at the moment and so just going back to 2022 where did we finish up well the you know the total stock market in the united states was down just over 19% the barclays aggregate bond index which is all the bonds in the united states was down 13% wow so that was a challenging year in 2022 yeah, i mean it, it really was. was and so let's look ahead to the beginning of this year, 2023. And at the end of January, <laughs> the market was up about 9%, the stock market. Jay, I mean, that that was a pretty quick turnaround. So is it a clear skies ahead? Or w- ah, what do you Dave,
1: think? Dave, Dave, I don't know. I mean, it's a head scratcher for sure. We've had a number of client meetings so far this year. And then and, and there's a little bit of perplexion among some of those clients. They they want to know what exactly is going on and and why are they not necessarily participating in that. Mm-hmm. Part of it's because of how we're positioned at the current moment, Dave. I mean, we're very short-term, very short-duration U.S. Treasuries, mm-hmm. which is a highly liquid, highly secure instrument, and large-cap value, which is dividend-paying stocks. So right. when you really kind of lift the hood and you look at what's really been going on uh, and what happened last year and compared to this year – The high growth companies, Tesla, Amazon, Google, Netflix, all of those companies really were hammered last year. And they're very high market cap weighting companies. And they brought the indexes down. And lo and behold, this year, those stocks have rallied a tremendous amount. For example, Tesla is up from 113 to 207, I think is what it was the other day. It's been
0: on a bonanza for sure.
1: So what we're wanting to do is to really do a deeper dive into why the stock market we believe has rallied so far this year and why, in fact, it's really not clear skies as we move out into the next three to nine month period. This isn't about being negative. It's just what are we seeing and what are we looking at? What are we evaluating? And hopefully what you'll do is glean something from that as to what you ought to be looking at with your own personal portfolios. Yeah, that's right. Because, you know, at the end of the day, Dave, right, the media, they have a vested interest in tugging people in one direction or another, yeah, and,
0: you know, these economic cycles in years past have been much more, they've been longer than we've seen since 2020 with COVID, and then the rally back, and then we saw it batted down over almost 20% last year. But since you've had those compressed bear markets, you can really see <clears throat> how the media talks the market down and they talk the market up. Absolutely. And, and they just, it's a story they're telling. And so, you know, seeing all these big rallies and, 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 and big negative numbers in the last few years, I mean, you can, really, you can really sniff it out pretty easily now. But again, we're not just, we're not talking heads. I know we're talking right now on the uh, podcast, <laughs> but you know, we, we like to think of ourselves, and I say it a lot, we're like a pilot and we have our dashboard. And you know, we wanna share a few of the things that Jay and I are looking on our dashboard right now. And and the first one, and we've been talking to it with a lot of our clients and that's the conference board's leading economic indicators. Snooze fest. It's a snooze fest. So, you know, if you're driving late at night right now, it's time to get some coffee or something, but we're going to touch on that very briefly. You know, the leading economic indicators are exactly what they sound. It's a indicator. It's, it's taking data that is a leading indicator in the economy. There's also coincidental, which is happening currently. And then there's lagging uh, indicators. But we're trying to, you know, predict the future, but our, our crystal ball is as clear as yours. Um, but one of the ways we do that is look at the LEI. And, Jay, do you want to get into that or do you want me to get yeah, into that? Yeah, the... no,
1: I'll get into the LEI. There's the LEI, and then we look at that also with, uh, the, through the lens of the money supply. Yes. So let's imagine you're flying an airplane for a moment.
0: I like these, I like these airlines. If,
1: if you're flying an airplane, there are two things that are critically important. There's there's probably three really critically important. I'm not a pilot, but if I was just imagining, number one is altitude. Yeah, right. Are you going up? Are you going down? Are you staying steady? So that's critical. Mm-hmm. Number two is direction. Am I heading in the right direction? And the number three, and I'm just assuming this is an important one, would be airspeed. You you, you have to have a certain airspeed or you're going to yeah, crash, right? Yeah. So if there, there are three things that you really want to focus on to make sure you get safely to your destination, those would be the three. And so the things that we would really kind of equate to that would be, as Dave was saying, the leading economic indicators is telling us what we think is going to happen in the future. And that's based upon things like new mortgage applications, new orders, manufacturing. These are things that are going to be happening in the future. Mm-hmm. That's a leading economic indicator. So that's number one. Number two, we're going to be looking at um, the uh, the, money the, the money supply. And so wh- how much money is out in the economy? And that's driven by the Fed. Mm-hmm. And then the third thing, and these are related currently, is inflation how sticky it is because that's going to have an impact on what the fed is going to do in terms of interest rates. Yes. So those are the three instruments that we're really looking at and, and why we believe that they're important indicators for whether or not the rally right now is a real rally indicating a change in direction, a resumption in this many, many, many decades upward trend in our economic value. Right. Or is it a head fake? within an ongoing bear market. That's what we're looking at. So, Dave, with that being said, kind of the backdrop of the three instruments, Mm -hmm. perhaps you'd like to elaborate a little bit about what we saw in the LEI in the most recent reading how it relates to indicators of a recession, right. what that really means, and how we juxtapose that against the money supply.
0: Right. And so, again, we're looking at uh, these indicators that are trying to predict what's going to happen in the future. Um, and and the reason why we, we look at that is because it's had a really good track record of pick, picking when a recession is going to occur before it actually happens over the last 20, 25 years. And so, and it's a graph, but I'm going to try to explain it very briefly. When the, n- when the index gets negative, that becomes a warning sign that you know, the economy is you know, could be in the territory of a recession. However, if it keeps declining past negative five, the index goes negative five or lower, that has been a predictor since 2000, I think it's just 2000, year 2000. Yeah, I believe you're right. Uh, that a recession was about ready to occur. Um, so where we are now is we are below that negative five number in the LEI, and so that's what gets Jay and I um, really paying attention to what where the he- the economy's headed. You know, you see the stock market going up nine percent in January, but the leading economic indicator is going down. What's interesting about it is one of the ten criteria is the S and P 500. So the S and P 500 in the month of January actually had a positive impact effect yes. of the leading e- economic indicator. So How are we going to use that? We're going to use that by uh, making sure or or, or verifying that this leading economic indicator index is going up. Not just one month, but maybe two months worth of positive data that, that maybe says the bottom is in play. Uh, in our economy. So that's one of the things we're looking at for the leading economic indicator. So it's,
1: it's been in a tailspin now for nine, (laughs) 10, 11 months. Yes, it has straight, straight down.
0: Yeah. And what's interesting during COVID, you know, how things bounce back relatively quickly. If you looked at the LEI, that index bounced back very quickly as well, even before the stock market did. So, you know, it's a good predictor of where we think the market is going to be headed in the future.
1: So, if we equated the LEI for a moment to airspeed, yes. uh, we're lo- we're 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 losing airspeed. We're losing yes, we're so, losing airspeed right now. So to to kind of make a little bit of an analogy here, if the airspeed picked up, mm-hmm. in other words, if the LEI picked up one month. Mm-hmm that That may mean that we could correct our altitude, but there's no guarantee it depends on how close to the ground we are, so to speak yes. right that's right yeah. so that's we're, analogy, gonna, we're gonna be we're gonna be looking for some confirmation as to this turnaround on the l e i and so that I want to get that over to the second dashboard mm-hmm. that we're looking at, so altitude and airspeed are critical mm-hmm. critical elements so if if we want to maintain our altitude. And to put that in economic terms, we need to have money supply that's continuing to that, elevate. Let's call correct? it like
0: the gasoline. That is the gasoline.
1: It's the gasoline. That's so if we you that if we're if we're out of gas, you mm-hmm. know, it's going to be hard to resume an altitude. Right. So if you were to look at a chart, imagine a chart that corresponds very closely to the rise in the S and P 500 over many, 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 many years. It's a gently upward sloping from left to right. We hit the pandemic, and then there's not quite a vertical expansion, but about pretty close. <laughs> a, but a pretty solid vertical expansion in the amount of money that was put into the economy during the pandemic. Right. And the reason for that, David, was to ensure that the economy didn't absolutely collapse.
0: You know, the PPP loans, the stimulus, all that stuff that was going money on. Money that was flowing right to the
1: states.
0: When everybody was stuck at home and we didn't know if everybody was going to go unemployed, yeah. They had just that, flooded the zone. Had money. that
1: not happened... Without question, the world economy would have probably seen something worse than the Great Depression. I mean, yeah, I stuff stopped say. overnight. And so when when we look at the chart, you have this massive expansion of money. And David and I have talked about this a lot. The more money you have, it's not that things get more expensive; it that things become worth less. Mm-hmm. So you have to have more money to get the same thing because there's a lot more money that's out there. It gets diluted, right? And so that's exactly what happens. You had a trifecta, perfect mm-hmm. trifecta, which is driving inflation, which is going to get us into this final piece, which is interest rates. You have this perfect trifecta, Dave. You had you had excessive amounts of money, yeah, hugely pin up demand. Yeah. An extreme reduction in supply. Right. Which created a category 12 hurricane.
0: Yeah. And you had a bunch of people retire early. And so <laughs> the the job market is still very, very strong, even with the Federal Reserve's best efforts to, you know, loosen the, the job market. You just had a lot of people retire early.
1: So what's the antidote? What's the solution that the Fed has? I mean, they they put all this money out there. They took this tub. They put 12 fire hoses in it on full blast. They filled it up. It's sloshing with money. Yes, it is. And right now, they've put a couple pinpricks in the bottom to drain it.
0: That's exactly right. I mean, they have to, what's called quantitative tightening. So if you're not asleep yet, you're asleep (laughs) now. Uh, But again, yeah, they have filled that bathtub up that it was overflowing. And the overflowing was inflation. And so now, as you mentioned, there's a couple pinpricks at the bottom, and they are taking money essentially out of the economy, just like you would be draining water out of a bathtub. The question is, Jay, are they doing it with pinpricks, or are they going to eventually just open the drain, open the dam, and uh, the, the bathtub empties quickly.
1: Yeah, they're going to flip it over. They're going to blow it up. What what exactly is going to and happen? And that's
0: what the stock market is trying to figure out right now. And investors are trying to figure out on Wall Street.
1: And what's interesting is, is that with the element of supercomputing and speed of trading and high-velocity trading and hedge funds and all this sort of thing, everyone is at the door looking for when to go through the door. Everyone is there. And it's literally turning on a statement or two from the Fed, which their mandate is price stability. Right. And because of these factors, excess money, pent up demand, disrupted supply, the Fed is really in tenuous area trying to ascertain what's the right policy. That's right. And so what's going on, David, you know, week in, week out, let's just digest into the Fed speak, interest rate impact, where the market was, and what the market was expecting, and what, what things look like might be changing a little bit, I how mean, that relates to valuations as well.
0: Well, the Fed certainly seems to, to speak to the one goal of crushing inflation. That seems like they're a one-string guitar, and that's what they're trying to accomplish you know, the problem with that is you can't really get rid of inflation without softening the job market. So they're they're over-tightening, and and, and that makes it very difficult for businesses to invest. Uh, they don't know where they're going to be. It's a weird time. We've heard that from multiple clients. It's a strange time.
1: It's a strange time, and, and people need to understand the Federal Reserve is in charge of maintaining and and securing the money supply in the United States. We're the lead central bank around the world. And their mandate is price stability and full employment. Mm -hmm. That is their mandate. They were forced via the pandemic to issue all of this money to sustain the economy during this unprecedented period. Mm -hmm. They've done that. What the effect of that was was a wealth effect that led to significantly higher 401k balances, significantly higher in equity in people's homes, and in a a tremendous job market where people are very, very confident. And and you can see that, David, in in restaurants and travel and discretionary income. And until that changes, until that changes, prices are going to remain sticky. The Fed has to maintain their credibility. If they lose credibility, all bets are off on everything.
0: That's exactly right. You know what's interesting with what you just said? Uh, I I have on my screen right now, and Jay can see it, I pulled up the 11 sectors of the S&P 500, and you know what the number one performing sector is? Consumer discretionary. Amazing. So, to your point, Jay, we're not there yet. But can I throw one more thing in here before we wrap up? one of the things that's also going to be challenging for the stock market as we move into later this year and next year, something called a risk-free return. And, and now that you have the Federal Reserve moving very quickly to raise interest rates, now bond yields have become incredibly competitive compared to where you would get yield in the equity market. So First now time if, in a
1: tremendously long for a long time. So
0: now if you're an investor, not only do you have all this stuff that we've been talking about in the background. But now you're looking at a stock versus a bond and saying, hey, I can get a 5 6% yield on a bond, a good, a good bond. And so where are you going to put your capital? And that decision has not had to be made in a long time in the equity markets.
1: So without getting too nerdy on you, there's a thing called earnings yield. Uh, we're not going to bore you with that. It is a function of the earnings mm-hmm. on a company divided by the share price. That's yeah. earnings yield. Okay. Right. With the stock market having rallied, that denominator is higher. Yep. While at the same time, earnings have been declining. That's right. Coming out of the fourth quarter, and it looks like into the first quarter, earnings are going to be declining. So the earnings yield is going down because the denominator is higher and the numerator is lower, while at the same time, bond yields are going up. So the spread between those two make bonds actually more compelling on a risk-adjusted basis today than they have been in a long, long, long time. Long, long time. That is a headwind for equity valuations. Yes. And if the Fed comes out and indicates that they're going to have to continue to keep rates higher for longer and possibly increase them more than where we are already, the market is going to reconcile that. We do think there's another leg down. We don't know when. Mm -hmm. Something could change. Inflation could automatically or um, mysteriously disappear. We don't think that's going to be the case. That's the thing we're keeping an eye on. If that were to happen, what we just said is a change. If it doesn't happen and inflation remains stubborn, at some point, valuations will adjust. And with all adjustments, they're temporary. And it will, it will indicate a buying opportunity at some point this year, we're, we're kind of all over the board a a little bit, but somewhere between a 10 and 15% down market from the start of the year is, is, is probably within the cards. And so our advice is the way we've been positioning things, this isn't advice to you because we don't know your particular situation, but generically have dry powder, Be conservatively allocated and be ready to to find your entry point and recognize and remember you're never going to pick the low and you're never going to pick the top. It's not about market timing. It's about being smart. Mm -hmm. So if you're sitting on capital, being patient, we think makes a good deal of sense here. So with that, um, we're going to wrap it up. If you have any questions, thoughts, feedback, would you like to talk to us? By all means, please reach out to us. Please feel free to share stacks of cash with your family, your friends, your coworkers. Appreciate your time. Thanks a bunch.
0: The information in our podcast are the opinions and viewpoints of the moderators and guests only. For information and disclosures regarding Monterey Wealth and its professionals, please go to www.montereywealth.com and select the Firm Disclosures link under the About tab.